Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hello there, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 85, so I'm going to read the heading first. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the Prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, November 27, 1832. This section is an extract from a letter of the Prophet to William W. Phelps, who was living in Independence, Missouri. It answers questions about those saints who had moved to Zion, but who had not followed the commandment to consecrate their properties, and had thus not received their inheritances according to the established order in the church. Just a little background information about this section. Uh, This section is an extract from a letter, as I mentioned. Um, Elder Phelps was troubled about problems associated with the manner in which the law of consecration was being administered. The prophet wrote, I say, brother, because I feel so from the heart, and although it is not long since I wrote a letter unto you, yet I feel as though you would excuse me for writing this, as I have many things which I wish to communicate. Some things which I will mention in this letter will which are lying with great weight on my mind, I am well, and my family also. God grant that you may enjoy the same, and yours, and all the brethren and sisters who remember to inquire after the commandments of the Lord, and the welfare of Zion, and such as and such a being as myself. Uh, and while I, I dictate this letter, I fancy to myself that you are saying or thinking something similar to these words. My God, great and mighty art thou. Therefore show unto thy servant what shall become of those who are assaying to come up unto Zion, in order to keep the commandments of God, and yet receive not their inheritance by consecrations, by order of deed from the bishop, the man that God has appointed in a legal way, agreeably to the law given to organize and regulate the church, and all the affairs of the same. Brother William, the prophet, continued, in the love of God, having the most implicit confidence in you as a man of God, having obtained this confidence by a vision of heaven, therefore I will proceed to unfold to you some of the feelings of my heart, and to answer the question. What follows in this revelation is the Lord's answer to the questions troubling Elder Phelps. Verse 1, it is the duty of the Lord's clerk, John Whitmer at the time, whom he has appointed to keep a history and a general church record of all things that transpire in Zion and of all those who consecrate properties and receive inheritances legally from the bishop, and also their manner of life, their faith and works, and also of the apostates who apostatize after receiving their inheritances. It is contrary to the will and commandment of God that those who receive not their inheritance by consecration, agreeable to his law, which he has given, that he may tithe his people, to prepare them against the day of vengeance and burning, should have their names enrolled with the people of God. The law of tithing, as understood in the church today, was not received until the 8th of July, 1838. References to tithing prior to that time appear to be general in nature and simply refer to contributions or offerings. In this instance, those who have tithed are those who had consecrated their properties. Verse 4, Neither is there genealogy to be kept or to be had where it may be found on any of the records or history of the church. Their names shall not be found, neither the names of the fathers nor the names of the children written in the book of the law of God, saith the Lord of hosts. Yea, thus saith the still small voice, 
which whispereth through and pierceth all things, and oftentimes it maketh my bones to quake, while it maketh manifest, saying, And it shall come to pass, that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God, and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints, whose names are found, and the names of their fathers and of their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. A little explanation here about this one mighty and strong. It says here uh, that the leader of, the, of virtually every cult or apostate group that has broken with the church has claimed to be the one mighty and strong, spoken of by the Lord, who is to set the church in order. As early as 1905, President Joseph F. Smith and his counselors, John R. Winder and Anthony H. Lund, issued a statement on this text. It is to be observed, first of all, that the subject of this whole letter, as also the part of it subsequently accepted as a revelation, relates to the affairs of the church in Missouri, the gathering of the saints to that land, and, and obtaining their inheritances under the law of consecration and stewardship, and the prophet deals especially with the matter of what is to become of those who fail to receive their inheritances by order or deed from the bishop. It was while these conditions of rebellion, jealousy, pride, unbelief, and hardness of heart prevailed among the brethren in Zion, Jackson County, Missouri, in all of which Bishop Partridge participated, that the words of the revelation taken from the letter to William W. Phelps on the 27th of November, 1832, were written. The man who was called and appointed of God to divide unto the saints their inheritance, Edward Partridge, was at that time out of order, neglecting his own duty and putting forth his hand to steady the ark. Hence he was warned of the judgment of God impending, and the prediction was made that another, one mighty and strong, would be sent of God to take his place, to have his bishopric, one having the spirit and power of that high office resting upon him, by which he would have power to set in order the house of God and arrange by lot the inheritances or the inheritance of the saints. In other words, one who would do the work that Bishop Edward Partridge had been appointed to do but had failed to accomplish. The Lord said some three years later that he was well pleased with Edward Partridge. The word of the Lord came to the prophet to this effect on the 7th of November, 1835. Behold, I am well pleased with my servant Isaac Morley and my servant Edward Partridge because of the integrity of their hearts in laboring in my vineyard for the salvation of the souls of men. Verily I say unto you, their sins are forgiven them, therefore say unto them in my name, that it is my will that they should tarry for a little season in Kirtland, and attend the school and also the solemn assembly for a wise purpose in me. Even so, amen. Inasmuch as through his repentance and sacrifices and suffering, Bishop Edward Partridge undoubtedly obtained a mitigation of the threatened judgment against him of falling by the shaft of death, like as a tree that is smitten by the vivid shaft of lightning, so the occasion for sending another to fill his station, one mighty and strong, to set in order the house of God, and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints, may also be considered as having passed away, and the whole incident of the prophecy closed. And that was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. Verse 8, While that man who was called of God and appointed, that putteth forth his hand to steady the ark of God, shall fall by the shaft of death like as a tree that is smitten by the vivid shaft of lightning. At the time of Eli, the ark of the covenant stood in the sanctuary at Shiloh. Thereafter it fell into the hands of the Philistines, discovering that its possession only brought them misfortunes. They sent it back to Israel. It was brought first to Beth. Shemesh in the tribe of Judah near the borders of the Philistines and soon after to Kiriath-Jerim about seven and a half miles northwest of Jerusalem. From there David went with 30,000 men to bring the ark to Jerusalem. 
As they were doing so, the ox the oxen stumbled, and Yuza, who drove the cart on which the ark was being carried, put forth his hand to prevent the ark from falling. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uza, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. Levites had been forbidden by the Lord to touch the ark on pain of death. However well-intended Uza's efforts were, the Lord made it plain that he needed neither the help of Uza nor any other man to sustain his affairs. Thus, the direction not to study the ark constituted sober warning to Edward Partridge to follow the counsel of the prophet rather than seek to counsel him. Back to the scripture, verse 9, And all they who are not found written in the book of remembrance shall find none inheritance in that day, but they shall be cut asunder, and their portion shall be appointed them among unbelievers, where are wailing and gnashing of teeth. These things I say not of myself, therefore as the Lord speaketh, he will also fulfill. And they who are of the high priesthood, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, or that are found to have apostatized or to have been cut off from the church, as well as the lesser priesthood or the members in that day, shall not find an inheritance among the saints of the Most High. Therefore it shall be done unto them as unto the children of the priest, as will be found recorded in the second chapter and sixty-first and second verses of Ezra. And those read, And of the children of the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Kaz, the children of Berzilei, which took a wife of the daughters of Berzilei the Gileadite, and was called after their name, these sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore, they, therefore were they as polluted put from the priesthood. I bear testimony that these things are true, and uh, and this last part here talking about uh, those of the in the book of Ezra, if they could not prove their lineage as being uh, literal descendants of Levi, then they were not allowed to hold the priesthood, and so that's what they're talking about here in this book of Ezra. Anyway, I bear testimony that these things are true, and that uh, this one mighty and strong, uh, the prophecy that a lot of apostates use to justify that they're the one that uh, is being called to take over the church is not uh, is not true that uh, that that had reference to Edward Partridge only in his replacement. I bear testimony that that's true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you later. Bye. Hope you come back again.